Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 16. Today we're going to be talking about mindful eating, and I'll be giving you some techniques that you can use to help yourself become a more mindful eater. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad to have you joining us. And if you've been here before, been around for a while, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back and supporting me and supporting the show. I really appreciate each and every one of you who listens. And just a reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show if you find it helpful. All right, let's get going. Hey there, friends. My name's Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I am so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, how are you doing? I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. This morning I've been thinking a lot about something my daughter said last night. We try to have family prayer every night, and since there are seven people in in my family, each of us has an assigned day that we say the prayers for our meals and for the family prayer. And yesterday, it was my four-year-old's turn. Her name is Elaine. During the prayer, she was saying thank you for a number of things. And then she said, thank you for my whole entire life. And we all kind of chuckled at that. And it made me stop and wonder, am I thankful for my whole entire life, even the hard parts? And then that led me down a track of thinking. And I started thinking, am I thankful for my whole entire body? even the parts that don't look or feel the way that I'd prefer. I'm actually having some issues with my feet right now. I've had on again, off again, plantar fasciitis for years, and it's flaring up and they really hurt. And also, like I mentioned last week, I'm still having allergy issues. I also feel a bit of a head cold coming on, but I can still be grateful for my feet and for the rest of my body, even when it hurts or it isn't performing at 100% capacity. So anyway, just some food for thought. Hopefully you can take a minute and appreciate your whole entire life and your whole entire body, flaws and imperfections and all. Well, today we are talking about mindful eating. This is one of my favorite topics to teach about because of the influence that these concepts have had on my life. When I started learning about and practicing mindful eating, I saw so many benefits. I began eating less because I realized that I could get full and be fully satisfied with less food than I thought that I needed. I I began getting more pleasure out of my food. I had fewer cravings. It just helped me in so many ways. So I'm excited to share some of these techniques with you today. First, let's talk about what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is often defined as an intentional focus on one's thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations in the present moment. So being mindful is kind of like shining a spotlight on whatever you're doing at the moment. Your mind and your body are in the same time and place together, rather than how many of us live much of our life with our body in one place and our mind off somewhere completely different. So when we talk about mindful eating, we're usually referring to eating without distraction, trying to be as fully present as possible with our food anytime that we're eating. But mindful eating can actually also refer to being mindful about what you're eating and about why you're eating that thing. Um, can 
refer to what you're buying at the grocery store, what meals you're choosing to put on your meal plan for the week. It can extend beyond just the actual eating experience. Also, we can use a combination of internal and external wisdom when we're making these kinds of choices. So our internal wisdom is like, what do you enjoy eating? What foods satisfy you? Things like that. And our external wisdom is which foods help you feel your best, which ones provide you with with health benefits. And it's really great when we can find foods that serve both of these needs at the same time, foods that you enjoy that are also beneficial to your body. But it's also okay to err on one side or the other at times as long as, as long as there's some balance there. When you hear the term mindful eating, you might have images of eating a meal with your eyes closed and savoring every bite you take. Maybe you're even sitting in a lotus position and in a complete state of zen. <laughs> now, if you're able to eat your meals this way, that's fantastic. I'm all for it. But for most of us, particularly those of us with children, this is not a realistic approach to mindful eating. If you Google mindful eating techniques, you'll likely get a list of things to do that you might have already heard before. Things like limit the distractions while you eat, such as your phone or the TV or your computer. Eat slowly, chew your food adequately and really pay attention while eating. Eat while you're sitting at a table. And these are all really good, helpful tips, but mindful eating doesn't just have to do with the actual act of eating. In fact, dietitian Megret Fletcher, she wrote an article and she explains mindful eating as having six different phases, only two of which involve the actual consumption of calories. Being mindful during each of these six phases can help you become more aware of your eating habits and can help you let go of any harsh limits or food restrictions and look at, th- look at things through a lens of curiosity instead of judgment. So I want to go through each of these six phases with you and share some techniques for how to be mindful at each phase. The first phase is called the non-eating phase. This phase begins right after eating and lasts about three to four hours between meals. Here you aren't hungry, and so you probably aren't really thinking much about food. Now, as your hunger begins coming back, then you can be mindful of what that feels like. Does your stomach rumble or kind of feel empty or hollow? Do you feel low on energy? What exactly does hunger feel like for you? It can be different for different people. I like to periodically kind of check in with my body between meals to see if maybe it's trying to give me signals of hunger that I'm ignoring or that I'm just not aware of because I'm so busy. Or maybe if you suddenly have thoughts of eating during this time, but after checking in, you realize that you aren't really hungry, this is a good time to ask yourself what's going on and see if you can fill the need without food. Are you bored or stressed or tired? Has it just become a habit to eat something sweet at a certain time of day? Practicing mindfulness here in this phase can help avoid turning to food as a coping mechanism or eating out of pure habit. And if you notice that you are actually hungry, but you aren't quite ready for your next big meal, this might be a good time to get a small snack to prevent your hunger from growing too intense come mealtime. So phase number two is called the preparation phase. And this is just the phase of preparing your food. This can be done right before eating 
or it can be done hours or even days before eating the prepared meal or snack, such as when you pack a lunch in the morning or when you make a freezer meal for later later on. During this phase, you're making two critical decisions. First, you're deciding what to eat. If you're preparing food right before you're going to be eating it, this is a good time to ask, what am I in the mood for? Do I want something crunchy or smooth, sweet or salty, hearty or kind of light? By paying attention to what your body actually wants, you have a much greater chance of leaving the meal satisfied rather than searching around for something else to eat after you're finished eating that thing that you didn't really want in the first place. You can also ask, what would taste good to me right now? What would help my body and give me energy? Again, use your internal wisdom and also your external wisdom here to make a good food choice. And then the second choice you're making is how much to eat. And this is going to depend on how hungry you are. You can ask yourself how much food will fill me up but not leave me overfull. You might want to use a hunger scale. If you've never seen one of those, you can search on online. There's lots of different ones, but it's basically just a scale, usually from one to five or one to 10. One side of the scale being you're not hungry at all, and the other side being you're extremely full. So sometimes those scales can be helpful in helping you determine how hungry you are. Another aspect of this phase is the actual preparing of the food. I've always been jealous of people who just naturally love to cook. I am not one of those people, but I have found ways to make cooking more enjoyable and feel less like a chore. Practicing mindfulness while cooking is one of those ways. Now, if you live in a home that doesn't have a lot of noise or distractions, you might be able to use this preparation phase to think and ponder or meditate. You can really pay attention to the textures and colors and aromas of the food that you're preparing. Maybe turn on some relaxing music in the background. Now, if you are like me and you usually have kids running all around and a whole lot of noise going on while you're cooking, and it's not really realistic to use that as a time to necessarily meditate or relax, you can still make it fun. You can turn on some upbeat music. You can invite one of your kids or your husband in to help you and have a nice conversation while you're cooking. There are other ways to make this preparation phase fun and still stay mindful and kind of in the moment. The third phase is called the pause. Some mindful eating experts call this the most powerful moment in a meal because this is where you set your intention, which generally generally leads to the outcome of your meal. If we're mindful here, we can set the intention to stop eating when we are comfortably full. Many of us are members of the Clean Plate Club. My hand is raised here. This means that we're in the habit of eating everything on our plate whether we are still hungry or not. And we members of that club need to be a little more intentional about really paying attention to our fullness cues and only eating the amount that we need to get full and satisfied. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in another phase. Expressing gratitude is another good way to become mindful during this phase three, the pause. Some people say a prayer before their meals. Others just take a moment to think about and kind of internally thank the people who helped grow and sell or prepare the food. Another way to pause, which I really like, is by forcing yourself to find two adjectives to describe the food that you're about to eat before taking a bite. So for example, if you're going to be eating some oatmeal, 
you could say this food is warm and soft or squishy or lumpy or <laughs> any other adjective that you want to come up with. Or if it's yogurt, this is cold and smooth or creamy. This just, again, helps you take a minute and pay attention to what you're about to put in your mouth and can just help you be more mindful about what you're going to be eating. Phase four is called at the meal phase. And it isn't until this phase that you actually take a bite of food. During phase four, Megret describes it as having two guests joining you at your meal. The first guest is hunger, and the second is something called sensory-specific satiety. These guests are both welcomed, but they seem to want different things. Hunger is the physical and the psychological desire to eat. Eating when you're hungry but not ravenous is ideal because it ensures that you're going to enjoy your food, but you're not going to feel out of control while you're eating. If hunger were a sound, then it would become fainter and fainter with each bite that we take until eventually it disappears. Now, our second guest, sensory-specific satiety, it's kind of a tongue twister. It's also called uh, taste satiety sometimes. This just means that the pleasure that you get from food goes down the more you eat. And it's also relative to how much you like the food or the foods to begin with. So in essence, food tastes better at the beginning of the meal when we're hungry than it does at the end of the meal when we're full. Now, this guest prefers a variety of different foods that are sensory stimulating. You can use this to your body's advantage by having, say, more than one type of vegetable at your meal, but only one option for dessert. This kind of plays to that natural desire for variety, and it's going to make you naturally want to eat more of those vegetables and less of the dessert, if that's your goal. It's during this at-the-meal phase that a lot of the tips that I mentioned earlier come into play. Limiting our distractions while we eat, slowing down and really tasting our food. Uh, Another tip here is to try and engage as many of your senses as possible. Take a minute to smell the food. Notice what it feels like in your mouth. Uh, Look at the different colors and textures. Of course, pay attention to how it tastes. You can even listen to what it sounds like as you cut and chew the food. Engaging your senses is going to help increase your enjoyment and your satisfaction from the meal. Now, I know that these things can be easier said than done. I'm one of those people that likes to stay busy. And as a result, I tend to rush through meals so that I can get on to my next task, the next task on my to-do list. Or let's be honest, I'm often still working on my to-do list while I'm eating. Even as a kid, I remember eating really quickly so I could get back to playing. As a result, I usually get a general sense of what my food is tasting like as I eat. But when I eat in a rush or when I'm distracted, I don't get nearly the amount of pleasure and satisfaction out of my food as I could if I was paying closer attention while eating. I also don't allow myself time for my body to signal to my brain that it's full. And that leads me into our next phase of eating, which is phase number five, the end of meal phase. This is where you can be mindful about finding a comfortable level of fullness. Ideally, you've had enough to eat, so you're not going to get hungry again for a little while. But you also aren't overly stuffed or uncomfortable here. I recommend pausing periodically throughout your meal, 
maybe at the halfway point and then again before your food is completely gone from your plate and just check in with your body and see how it feels. Remember, there's a difference between ending hunger and getting full. Hunger generally ends much sooner than fullness begins. Megret describes fullness as another beloved guest, and your goal is to help fullness become comfortable, not uncomfortable. There's no need to rush our guest or push more food onto them if they're done. To help find this balance, you can ask yourself, am I comfortable now? Would another bite of food make me or my fullness more comfortable, or would it make me start feeling uncomfortable? Just again, check in and pay attention to your body during this phase. And then phase number six is called the cleanup phase. This is similar to the first phase of non-eating because at this point, your guest of fullness has reached a comfortable level and you're done eating. The trick here is that you're still surrounded by food, so it's often hard not to sneak a few more bites or just clean your plate off or maybe your kids' plates or your husband's plate, (laughs) just often out of habit Or because you don't want to waste food. I know that's a a problem for a lot of people. It's just they hate wasting food. And that's one of my problems as well. But I like to remind myself that that food is going to be, I guess, quote, wasted either way. It's either going to be put in the trash or it's going to be put in my body. And if it's food that I don't need, then that's a waste as well. So maybe that can help you to think that way too. Or I actually don't have any problem taking the leftovers off of my kids and husband's plates and put the, putting them in the fridge and eating them the next day or having them eat them the next day. So you can try that too, if that doesn't gross you out. As you remain mindful during this phase, it can be helpful to remind yourself that you'd like to maintain a level of comfort and enjoyment that is associated with not eating past fullness. Focusing on your current contentment can make it less tempting to continue eating during this phase. And eating is a continuous cycle. So once your meal is over and the food is put away, you return to the non-eating phase and the cycle just continues. So let's go ahead and recap those six phases of eating. Phase number one is the non-eating phase. This begins basically as soon as your last meal has been cleaned up. Phase number two is the preparation phase when you're preparing your food. Phase number three is the pause the moment right before you're about to eat. Phase number four is at the meal phase. This is when you're actually eating your meal. Phase number five is end of the meal phase. This is when you're paying really close attention to your fullness and you are deciding when you're done. And then phase number six is the cleanup phase when you're putting the food away. As you can see, mindful eating includes this continuous cycle of choices and behaviors. It's much more complicated than simply paying attention while you're eating. I hope this allows you to have a little more compassion for yourself if you find it difficult to break old patterns or if you find yourself eating mindlessly at times. I hope that you can see that there are also lots of opportunities in the day to be more mindful about your food choices and your eating behaviors. Now, if you're like me and you've spent most of your life rushing through meals and multitasking while eating and not really paying attention you're likely not going to go from one extreme to the other right away. From going from being a really distracted eater to a super mindful eater. 
I still find myself slipping into old patterns occasionally, and I have to consciously work on eating more mindfully just because of how hardwired my brain was before. So don't expect this to be an overnight thing, but I certainly encourage you to take a small step this week toward eating more mindfully. Just pick one or two of these phases to be more mindful about. Maybe commit to putting your phone away or turning off the TV or eating away from your desk or computer, at least for part of your meal even, maybe maybe not your whole meal, just for a part. Uh, maybe focus on just taking one or two mindful bites per meal or just pick one day of the week to practice mindful eating. Start with creating just one tiny habit around eating mindfully. Doing what you can is better than doing nothing at all. And so many times, if you create a little tiny habit, that habit can grow and become bigger and bigger. As you practice mindful eating, it will get easier and easier, and eventually it will just become an automatic part of how you eat. But again, it's going to take some time and some practice. So I hope that those techniques were helpful and that you can pull one or two to start working on this week. And again, just be patient with yourself. Have fun with it. And hopefully it can help you in your life just like it's helped me in mine. Once again, thank you for joining me this week. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you have a wonderful day and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. If you'd like help implementing what we've talked about today more fully into your life, come check out my self-paced program at helpthroughhabits.com. You'll use the science and tools of habit formation to help transform your health and your mindset. In just a few short weeks, you'll be able to add any number of healthy behavior and thought habits into your life so that you can enjoy finding true health for yourself. I hope to work with you soon.